Hello, and welcome to Emerald Expressions, where we use words to polish a gem as the human mind. I'm your host, Jaira, the Emerald Emir, and today I'm joined by... Valden Campbell. Um, follow me on Twitter, at VCAM2016. <laughs> oh, can you hear me? Is there a delay? Yeah, I can hear you. I, I I think. But I'm not sure if you started talking. Blank period on my end. Oh, I thought I started it soon. I can hear you. You can hear me, though? I don't know. Yeah, we can hear you. Okay. It's like a five-second delay almost. <laughs> you want to try again, or I thought I started it. Yeah, try again. Okay. <laughs> you start now or <laughs> you, you can start again. Right, oh, did you want me to yeah, do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I will start I'll do the yeah. intro again. Give me a second. Hello, and welcome to Emerald Expressions, where we use words to polish a gem that is the human mind. It's Jaira, the Emerald Emmy, and today I'm joined by... Uh, Valdi Campbell. Uh, follow me on Twitter, VCAM2016. It's good to be here again, man. Um, I'm Chris. I'm a grad student. And yeah, like Valdi said, it's nice to be back. I'm excited for today's topic. Yeah. Today is definitely going to be a good one. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. Uh, today we're going to talk. Yeah, today we're going to tackle a topic of legendary proportion. Uh, myth and mythology, which are the passage of stories about human history meant to explain who we are, where we came from, and the, excuse me, uh, sort of put a, a, a sense of, what's the word? Put a sense of tangibility on the unknown and convey social values and mores of whatever culture creates those myths. Is there anything you want to say before we start? Um, I didn't do extensive research, but I've done extensive research over my lifetime. I guess not. <laughs> I don't know if I can. I mean, I I expect you guys to do like a whole twenty-page paper on the topic, but I mean, if you want to, you can. <laughs> I was just saying, like, I've done research. There's a lot there to be uh, explored. Always, always. So starting off, who is your favorite god or mythological figure? For me, uh, my favorite. So when I dive into myth mythology, I mostly go straight to the Greek side. Um, and my favorite one has got to be um, my favorite god or just just um, just character in general. Um, it would have to probably be Poseidon. 
Poseidon or Hercules. Hercules, he has a lot more stories. Yeah, mythological figure of any yeah. kind. Hercules has a lot more stories, but Poseidon uh, on the guy's side is pretty cold, and I love water, too. And um, <laughs> It's a lot about Poseidon that just doesn't get talked about, and I mostly... I just like water too much not to pick, pick him as my favorite. That's true. Nice. Um, I like Poseidon. He's all right. I was just reading a book about him. He seems like a kind of a dick, but I like <laughs> I like Iris <laughs> or the Egyptian gods, Ibis. Mm-hmm. And who's the god of the god of science? I mean. I mean, to be fair to Poseidon, every good god. That's facts. Did. That's big facts. I think I was gonna let him finish. I was gonna let him finish before I started defending him <laughs> with everything. But you know, like that's kind of the thing about Greek gods. They're all dickheads. They're all dickheads. Oh, they, have, <laughs> they have they have too many human attributes to be having. Like continue, power. Sorry, <laughs> that's true. Uh, I kind of like Thoth from the Egyptian gods. Thoth and Mm. Ra is good. Yeah, Ra. Um, I was just reading, I was thinking of uh, Black... The God of Wisdom and uh, Knowledge, right? Yes, the God of Science. He's got an Ankh in his left hand and he's got a head of Ibis. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I was thinking of Bosk from the Egyptian God. The God of Cats, I think. <laughs> God of Cats. Yeah, isn't that, isn't that what she is? The, the, the goddess of cats. Yeah. She's pretty cool. Yeah, she's the goddess of cats. Which for anyone who's like, why do the Egyptians have an entire goddess <laughs> for cats? Like back during ancient, uh, the ancient Egyptian times, cats were vitally important mm. because they ate the mice and the rats that would eat your grain stores. So, yeah, the cats were extremely important back then. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, yeah, Egyptian Egyptian guys are, um, they're more, I haven't done a lot of research on them, but they're more of like deity figures and like they don't, they're more looked up to rather than trying to be related to it. Right? That was super wild. What do you mean? They're more um... like they're to to sort of add on to what you're saying. Like the Egyptian gods, they still have their, their petty arguments and stuff, but they're more on a pedestal rather than Greek gods, which are like supposed to be uh, basically human archetypes, exactly. but just like the absolute worst human archetypes. You get guys? They're just petty, mean, yeah. amorous, lecherous. That's what, that's like Egyptian gods, like yeah, they had their their petty moments, but for the most part, they're so they're supposed to seem regal or uh, they're supposed to be revered, and also they're supposed to seem wise and uh, uh, what's the word benevolent. Mm-hmm. Benevolent, yeah. Like they're there to help you for the most part. Mm-hmm. Like Egypt, Greek gods are almost there in spite of the fact that humans are here. Mm-hmm. 
like the human ends with the guy that created humans getting chained to a rock yeah. and forced to have his liver eaten, <laughs> eaten out by either an eagle or a vulture, depending on the version yep. you hear, daily and have it regrow during the night. And then eat so, again. Yep. Yeah. Three gods are assholes. That's right. <laughs> Big facts. Oh, and then, well, I don't want to get too into Greek mythology <laughs> because, like, bro, you can don't get me started. Hey, There's a whole bunch that I, I, I read a lot of that when I was a child, and like, hey. they're really interesting, but they're just really, really unpleasant. Unpleasant. Hey, I used to read Percy Jackson all the time, and that's what really got yeah. me started in Greek mythology. And, uh, so my personal favorite, if I was to answer the question. Yeah, Percy Jackson was a Percy Jackson. Speaking of Percy Jackson, I'm looking forward to that rumored show they're gonna do on Disney yeah. Plus. I hope they don't fuck um, it up. I really do. That, um, I'm hoping that them getting the chance to do it on the show, like they need to do it, like they do the Mandalorian, mm-hmm. where they like you give it the budget of a movie, you give it the budget of like a movie, you give it that like 200 million, but you spread it out over eight episodes. Mm-hmm. So like you really, you really do yeah. it up. Like, make it a, a fucking spectacle. But anyway, <laughs> hopefully they don't fuck that shit up like they did the, the movies, which we don't, we don't like to talk about. Those. We, don't, we don't talk about those. <laughs> um, but my personal favorite uh, mythological figures, there's a lot of them. Uh, I want to get more into, like, African and East, Eastern, excuse me, Eastern mythologies, like uh, Southeast Asian uh, some of the Middle Eastern stuff because mm-hmm. I'm not too well informed on them and I feel like there's a lot that they don't get covered enough and they don't really get talked about. I want to get into like some more of the South American stuff that really doesn't get covered. Mm-hmm. But like if I had to say name a couple uh, of my favorites. I like Thor. Okay. I like Odin. Mm-hmm. I like Poseidon. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of like some of the Eastern uh, Eastern gods like the Jade Emperor, stuff like that. Uh, Sun Wukong. Oh, okay. Uh, we have a good Japanese one. Oh, uh, the Thunder, the God of Storms. Who's Thanos? The God of Storms. He's he's kind of relatable in the sense that like he's just a petty <laughs> asshole, <laughs> like like the Greek gods. Mm-hmm. Like his sister pissed him off, so he did some petty shit, and he got kicked out of heaven. He made his sister hide away. Uh, his sister Am- Amaterasu, the sun goddess, hide away in the cave. And everyone was like, come on, bro. fuck you doing? You got to get her back. By the way, Japanese mythology, it is interesting. It's fucking weird, though. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can understand why Japan is the way it is. Just looking at the sort of myth they came mm-hmm. up with. Like, if you ever want to, like, Spend a day just browsing through Japanese mythology and read a couple of those stories. You're like, what? <laughs> huh? Like, there's a myth, there's a yokai where it's a man walking around and it's instead of an asshole, he has a face on the place. He has a what? <laughs> he has a face in the place of where his asshole would be. That is an actual <laughs> mythological creature in Japan. Look it up. You know, like, he walks around. And instead of an asshole, he has a face mm-hmm. where his asshole should be. That is an actual 
mythological creature in Japan. Shirimi. <laughs> that is just to give you a small taste of how fucking weird their mythology is. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird, but it's good. I mean, it, I guess it's not weird for them, but like every culture has their own little thing exactly. going on. But like Japan, mm-hmm. I don't know what sort of hard drugs. <laughs> We're being consumed when people were coming up with your myths. So like, hard, shit, I might need me a couple. <laughs> Give me a hit. Give me a, a, a dose. <laughs> but yeah. But um, yeah, I like those those uh, guys. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, I'm trying to think of. Oh. I like some some of the more North American, like the the thunder the Thunderbird. I like that. I like the coyote tricksters and like Native American okay. uh, Native American mythologies all over. Like the Inuits have their own thing. Uh, the, the Algonquins, all uh, uh, the Sioux. A lot of these tribes sort of have that like myth that trickster figure. Mm-hmm. Usually it's a coyote, mm-hmm. um, but there are other like equivalents. I usually like that. Oh, a Nazi. How can we talk about gods and not bring up the spider god trickster <laughs> from uh, Ghana? Well, technically uh, Ashanti, but like it's it's mostly Ghana. But like mm-hmm. Anansi, he's great. Mm-hmm. Oh man, yeah, I, I just learned that he was a uh, shadow static chopper, given yeah a little bit of culture that they needed. He was in static shock. Yeah. But I also learned about Anansi on American Gods, too. Mm-hmm. Have you seen it? Nuh-uh. I was wondering what it was. I was looking, I'm looking at it. Oh, right American now. Gods? I haven't checked that show out yet. I need so, to. American Gods, yeah, like one of the... It's a show about these things, about these people, right? Like Thor, Odin. Um, I think it's written by my... It's, I believe it's on... Is it Showtime or... Uh, I think it's on a show. I forget. It's on one of those premium channels. I think it's not HBO. I think it's either Star Stars or Showtime. One of those. Yeah, it was written by Neil Gaiman. Neil Gaiman, and in the show they have um, a Nancy who's played by what's his name? Something Jones. I'm not. Um, oh, Orlando Jones. Orlando Jones, thank you. Mm-hmm. So it's played by Orlando Jones, and he delivered some of like the best, you know, like um, not what do you call? Them? Oh, I, I'm pretty sure Orlando Jones. Yeah, and then they, I remember there's a whole thing about how they like fired him. Yeah, because the show was too black. That's what happened. Because like in in the monologue in the show, his monologues, right? He was like, <laughs> he was like. I remember there's a whole thing on Twitter recently about how how they fired him. Yeah. Wow. They fired him for like. The... Go ahead. Hello. Hello. Okay. I thought it cut out, but I wish I had. Chad, are you there? Yeah. Maybe it did, maybe it cut out for him. <laughs> it 
Interesting. Interesting times. It's always fun on um <laughs> it's always fun on Anchor. It's always something yeah. that happens. <laughs> Is there a better platform? Um, not that I know of. It's always just like minor things and then it just all works at the end though. Yeah. And it's the and it's the best way to get it out to all the platforms. Yeah. He does a good job cutting it too, so mm-hmm. makes sense. Anchor is kind of uh, <laughs> yep. Yeah, I mean, it definitely has this, it definitely has its annoying ass bugs, but I I feel like overall it works. <laughs> overall, the the benefits outweigh the negatives, <laughs> but it's still annoying. <laughs> no, no doubt. Like it definitely is annoying. Like when we were recording the last the last recording, mm-hmm. that was a pain in the ass. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I still think it ended up the what we did get was good, mm-hmm. but it would have probably been better if we didn't get interrupted every like thirty minutes, few minutes or so. Okay, not few minutes, but every like thirty minutes or so, we got interrupted. Okay, uh, do you guys have anything else you want to add to this uh, first question? Oh yeah, man. If we're talking about mythology, we can't forget about the one the one above all, Cthulhu. Oh, that actually, I'm actually gonna. You guys gave me an idea for a question that I didn't think of. A on the fly, making up new episodes while you're on an episode. That's how it does constantly work. Oh, the Eldrick, the old one, <laughs> the Eldrick. Yeah. We gotta talk about Cthulhu. He's everywhere. Mm-hmm. Everywhere yet nowhere. Yeah, nowhere. He's in the void. But he's in you. Cthulhu lives in you. That's the last one, though. Um, <laughs> well, I think. Well, I guess we can shout out Ogun and the Orishas. Yeah. Ogun and the Mad God. <laughs> Oko. The Mad God. Ori. Oh, Orishas. Mm-hmm. We have to shout out the African, uh, the, the ancestral gods. Obama. Obama. <laughs> uh, um, I guess we can move on then. Obama. You said Obama. I thought it was moving up from my last no, I, I, I was moving up from. I said o- o- Obama. Oh, Obana. One of your At least I think so. Obana or Obatava? Obana. Oh, oh, my bad. I misheard you. Sorry. Anyway, we, we can go on to the next question. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, so I was just doing something. Okay. Uh, uh, why do you think? What the hell? Mm-hmm. Uh, why do you think myths tend to to last and 
and continue to have cultural impact even after they lose it, even after they lose their actual adherence, like people who actually believe those men. Why do you think that myths continue to have uh, an effect on the culture? Uh, I think it boils down mostly to the storytelling aspect and the, um, the I don't want to say mythical nature of them, but like mystical and unknown nature of them. Because um, mm-hmm. the more things that you can't explain away with like science or just logical or logically thinking with your own two eyes, you're going to start imagining things. And uh, as your imagination runs wild, it sort of starts to put things together that not always, but sometimes they seem to go together. And um, and then as those stories get told and told again, they get um, they get more ingrained into the culture. And so then it's just there now. Hello? Sorry, that's mad bad. Like, uh, on my, I, I recently got a new phone, and like, I guess mm-hmm. one of the features is, uh, you, one of the features is, uh, you if you swipe a certain direction, it goes back. Mm-hmm. So I actually swipe, swipe back, and it closes up the recording. My bad. I'm sorry, Saladin, you're in the middle of the top, so like, no, so I feel so. On my screen. I swiped on my screen and like one of the features of my new phone is like it's like that's a go back and I like closed out the freaking recording. I was just I was I just talking and then... uh, Oh hello? I, I apologize. Oh no, I you're good. No, you're good. I was talking and then it got quiet. It's so I was like uh, <laughs> instead, and so instead of looking to check, I just finished my whole thought. <laughs> And then I look back in this and there's no one there, and I'm out of there, and I'm like, "Oh, that's mm-hmm. funny." But that's all good. That's my bad. <laughs> uh, can you mm. finish your thought on <laughs> on recording? Uh, let's see if I can, let's see if I can go back to the beginning. So I was saying that it's basically uh, that it's just a tradition, and it's like um, it's kind of like old habits die hard. And so um, as the stories get told and retold, and now they're kind of ingrained in the culture, it's mm-hmm. just um, <clears throat> it's just sort of there, and it's kind of it's uh, hard to Like, you're, you, you've heard the story so many times. It's been told so many different ways with so many different flavors. It's just like, it no longer is about the actual, oh, Zeus is throwing lightning bolts. It's less like, oh. <laughs> This is just a character. Like exactly. this is like our mm-hmm. it's an interesting it's a good piece of writing or a good piece of storytelling, like you were saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's the the people it sort of reaches into that uh okay. it sort of reaches into that that uh concept of I'm not sure have you guys heard of like the concept of archetypes? The concept no. of archetypes? Explain archetypes if, for anyone who might not know what it is. An archetype is basically like the concept is uh, there are certain things built into the human humans as a whole that we all relate to. We have different like versions, like we don't do have our own spin, but there are certain characters that we all know, like the arrogant hero or the the do gooder, uh, the 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 kind daughter. You know what I mean? Like there are certain things. Plot points and beats that we all have is just how we 
convey it is different. Mm-hmm. Like there are certain things that are built into the human mind or the human, I guess, either on a genetic level or a cultural level, we all have, despite having different cultures. Like there's certain things that are just universal. Mm-hmm. Like uh, like the uh, like the, com- the the coming of age story, like the young mm-hmm. the young character who's out in the farms or out in the country or something, who thinks they're unimportant and then it turns out they're the special one. Like they have a hidden destiny they didn't know about. Like that, that's an archetype. Okay. Like, what I just described could describe a whole bunch of characters like Percy Jackson, Ethan, mm-hmm. Luke Skywalker, mm-hmm. uh, Harry Potter. Like you could go on and on. That's, that's, that's an archetypical character. Now, what you do with the character is what makes it unique and what makes it good. So, like, that's there are certain things, plot points that humans go over again and again and again because, like, there's certain things we just like to hear story about. Mm-hmm. I think the culture. Uh, how about you, Chris? How do, what do you think? Uh... Yeah, I think the culture reinforces the mythology, and the mythology reinforces the culture, right? Um, like people who spend time together will tell each other these stories and the way that I explain something I can pass down to my child or to my sister and she'll go on to explain that in the same way. And so I think it's I think they, they go hand in hand with each other. And I think there's also some truth to them, right? Like the the way that I experience the world i only have like you know in n equals one my experience in the world but some someone else might also be experiencing it in a similar way and so if we can come together to you know explain or to find our own you know beliefs about why this happened to us that kind of you know makes us feel better or substantiates our claims in the world it's very empowering to be able to say this is why this happened and so I think um, myths and cultures and um, so you're saying go ahead so basically you're saying like it, it's a it's a way of coming together as a community like we all have this shared story that basically like teaches like I was saying earlier in the intro like uh, maybe a certain value is trying to be conveyed or maybe a moral exactly. lesson like hey. Don't be too cocky, or things can be- come back to bite you. Or, a if you do if you do well, you're eventually get rewarded, or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. it's an easier way to pass down these sort of complex morals and traditions mm-hmm. that might be, especially for a child. Like, it's hard to explain to a child the the complexities of death and murder and all these other complex mm-hmm. things. But if you show them through a story that's interesting, mm-hmm. and then you, you have that moral sort of built into it, it's easier for them to digest that. Yeah. And like as they grow older, they'll start to see more into the the context, uh, the subtext of what's being told in the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's 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 actually a great way to put it. That's that's that was emerald expressions right there. <laughs> and I think that's uh, that's little. There's a little, there's a connection between these <laughs> myths. That's a gem for you. <laughs> I, I think I might make that my new uh, catchphrase. Be real, real corny. I just gave you another <laughs> gem. gem. 
That's a gem for you. <laughs> he writing it down. He writing that down. Uh, quality. I gave you another. I gave you. I just gave you ten k. With the knowledge. <laughs> Oh man! But you said something, no, Chris. Uh, um, what was I saying? Oh, and I, I was saying like there's there's a connection between these things and and lullabies, right? You know, like when I was growing up, my dad told like would read me this book called Abiyoyo, which is about this. Mm-hmm. It comes from the Bantu people of South Africa, and it's about a monster named Abiyoyo who steals away misbehaving children. Right, so if you're bad, right, Abiyoyo is gonna come in the night and he's gonna eat you up, right? So it's, you know, it's a it's a way of keeping, you know, it's a way of, you know telling a child, you know, don't, don't be bad, respect your elders, or else you know there's a monster gonna come each in the middle of the night. Um, and so that's something that really you know stuck with me. That's something they all passed down to my children. And I think you know these these myths, folk tales, they also kind of brighten our lives, right? Because yeah, you know, I can tell you that it's hot and sweaty outside because, you know, it's it's humid. Or I can tell you that it's hot and sweaty outside because Thor is working out or some some shit like that, right? And that <laughs> that kind of, that makes it that makes you know more interesting, right? Like yeah. you know, when I was a kid, I'd be like, oh, you know, God's crying. Or, or, right? I can tell you that the seas are rough because Poseidon. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Those those are the best. Yeah. Poseidon. A marital disagreement with Aunt Freddie mm-hmm. and Freddie. <laughs> exactly. That that man is house, so you know the the waves are gonna be a little bit choppy for a few days. <laughs> and you know, there's only so much that the human brain and the it's a way of making uh uh morals. And... Go ahead. Well, continue, Chris. Oh, um, I was saying like, there's only so much. Oh, I was gonna... <laughs> Sorry. I was going to say it's a way for morals and lessons to be to be taught easy again. <laughs> uh, I- I'll go first and then you say your point. I was going to say it's just a way um, to make morals and things more palatable to be passed off mm-hmm. and also explaining things that are almost unexplainable. Mm-hmm. Like, especially the our earlier ancestors where they didn't have mm-hmm. science, they didn't have all technology. Mm-hmm. You saw a fucking thunderbolt. God damn, where the fuck did that come from? Mm-hmm. That must be mm-hmm. I guess I better not piss them off, so I don't get hit by that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Continue, Chris. And I think that there's so much, only so much that the human brain can process, can understand, right? And um, some of yeah. So as a as a biologist, right? Like what what I study is that like the the human eye, right, is not the best eye in the in in the world or you know in the animal kingdom, right? That would go to like octopus or some you know some cave shrimp or something like that. Mm-hmm. So our understanding of the world is is framed right by what our biology can process, right? And so I like to go back to some of these. You know earlier myths like in, in for the Bible for what like they talk about you know what does the angel look like and the angel's got you know like six different eyes you know like terrible wings like it lo- it looks fr- they couldn't process it right like it doesn't look like you know what they look like in the on, in the outside realm right they, they don't look like that they look like this crazy you know you'd be terrified too if you saw an angel and so 
I was just thinking that, you know, when science ends, right, and when our biology ends, that's when these kind of, you know, myths and these these faiths begin. And I think that you can really, you know, that's that's comforting, right, to think, you know, we um, that there are, there's only an extent of our, you know, world that we can explain because of what we can see, what we can feel, right? But there are also things that we can't explain that we can't feel. And that makes it even more exciting, right? Because that means that these some of these these tales, these myths are true. But I mean, that's just as, that's just as frightening. But it's also very comforting, very very powerful to think of. Um, and one 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 thing that um, I was thinking about earlier is that is have you ever heard of ball lightning? Ball lightning. Ball lightning. Yeah, it's it, it's wild. Ball lightning is, is it, yeah. Ball- it's a ball of lightning, right? And they just like they show up. Nobody knows where they come from, and oh. they just go. They go around. They do stuff, and it's just like I, we can't explain it. Nobody knows what they, what they do, where they come from, how they make it. But it it's still like it's still something in our world that we have no clue, right? Mm-hmm. And I think, um, yeah. So where where our biology ends, that's where our faith and like mythical. like even in our Society, there's still a whole bunch of shit that we don't oh, know. Yeah, we, we haven't even been to the bottom of the ocean, you know, and this is like, what's down there? Who knows? Nah, we, we don't need to know what's down there, bro. I promise <laughs> we good. <laughs> we are good, bro. The ocean is actually more scary. The ocean is actually scarier than space, bro. I promise you. Bro. <laughs> this man said, I don't want to see Cthulhu get popped up. Bro. He's like, I don't want to see no, no, no stories about Cthulhu popping up. <laughs> don't wake the oil guys. Don't wake them. Don't poke. Don't poke the sleeping bees. I promise you, it's not worth it, man. The, the um, another interesting thing about mythology is like actually like, <laughs> don't poke the bees. <laughs> it's like actually building straight off of what you're talking about about um the things that we can't explain, um, and that's where um kind of like. The uh, oh, what was I about to say? It's gonna come back to me. <laughs> well, before, while you think of that, I, I, let me just say one thing. Uh, it's within human nature to try to create order where there is no order, mm-hmm. and that's sort of what mythologies do. Mm-hmm. Like, we're explaining phenomena so it makes sense in a way that our human brain can process it. Did you, did you think of it, Valentine? I think I just lost it. I don't know. I had something too. Oh well, it'll come if it come back to me later. I'll just bring it back up at a random time. It's all good. Mm-hmm. But yeah, trying to explain the unexplainable is what we probably Hopefully come back, uh, yeah, like, especially in twenty twenty, yeah. right? Like they were just you guys have like, in what in February they were like, "Yo, UFOs are real." And people were like, "Okay," <laughs> like. <laughs> Like you, we already knew that. Thing. Yeah, we knew they were real. Like, I mean, <laughs> if there was a year of any year to make me say fuck it, sure, why not? I can believe it. It is definitely the year twenty twenty. Fuck it, <laughs> I believe it could happen. Shit, honestly, man, twenty twenty, a very strange and at times extremely unpleasant year. Yeah. <laughs> 
I, I kind of wish there was some sort of God I could tell to go fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's fucking time this entire mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 2020 is going to be going down in mythological history. I feel like Zeus is up. I feel like Zeus. Zeus, the dickhead that he is, is up there just fucking around with fate. <laughs> and, like, I guess another thing I wanted to say is, like, does <laughs> Atlantis, Atlantis count as mythology, right? Yeah, Atlantis, yeah. Alright, because like, I'm like I, I grew up and I'm still so, like I grew up watching way too many uh, I don't know way too many shows staying up too late watching Indiana Jones and so I'd be like you know like one day one day bro I'm gonna find like the Ark of the Covenant that's what I thought growing <laughs> up. and I was like you know I, like why I want why do I want to look for the Ark right I want to find Atlantis and so I think you know this this idea of of knowing that there's something out there right knowing that we that we can't see that you know there's things we can't explain can really brighten yeah. and make oh. life better right being like yeah you know if you don't yo, you, you don't you don't you don't know about atlantis like they just found something like last week right it's like, <laughs> and it's like this, this allure of you know being a part of the in crowd maybe i think that's that's why conspiracy theories like grow so heavy right because mm-hmm. like oh and like you, you're not seeing it man you're, you're not you're not making the connections you need to make so I think, uh, yeah, there's an interesting connection between these myths and yeah, it's yeah. sort of it's sort of that. Uh, that actually brings up a question. That actually brings. Up... Okay, wait before you go there uh, though. Chris, before you go there, Chris said exactly what I was thinking of though. What what are our modern day myths? I I did a sort of an entire. Oh, continue. Finish your. Oh uh, yeah, I was saying, Chris. Uh, Chris made me remember what I was thinking. Of. He said it too. It's um, uh, it's what sparks the imagination when you can't explain something, um, uh, mm-hmm. and your mind and your mind tries to figure out what it is. It just ma- it just makes your imagination run wild, and it gives you um, uh, an unhinged it, it, it unhinges your imagination because you can't you can't imagine something that you already know. If it's something that's unexplainable, mm-hmm. you can't you fill in the yeah, gap. You can't you can't just base it off of something that you already know, and so then your imagination just runs even wilder. And that's that's what I was trying to say. There we go. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Modern day myths. Mm-hmm. That's sort of, that's sort of like the scientific part. Like, uh, I I know Chris will probably know this, but like uh, like for certain events, like for your memory, mm-hmm. if you you don't remember quite quite as well. You know, most people don't remember things the way they happen. You you sort of your brain sort of keeps the gist of, of, of the event and then it fills in the gap. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So like your memory is unreliable. Extremely mm-hmm. so. So like even if you see something, later on you might not remember exactly how it went. Mm-hmm. Which is why eyewitnesses are very unreliable <laughs> and not of <laughs> that's right i didn't kill that man your honor but uh so moving on to the what i'm gonna ask what do you think are the modern day equivalents of myth uh atlantis <laughs> atlantis i actually did a, an entire episode about this but like we can sort of like cover the same the same ground all right <laughs> I think Atlantis has been talked about since the days of Plato. 
I'm saying, like, what do you think are the things that the modern day equivalent? Like, what are the myths that are being created now? Oh, I see. That are being created. That are being created now. I think 2020 is going to go down in history, right? Obviously, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. 2020 is going to be a myth a mythological year. Like, they're going to be like. How do you explain? There's there's no way 2020 actually happened. (laughs) (laughs) Um, modern modern day myth. Grandkids and our great great grandkids. Um, Yeah, you don't know what it was like. I remember I was on the ground 2020 that year to live on in infamy. (laughs) Oh, uh, well, it's not really a myth, but um. You remember how the bro um the, uh, earlier in the year was it April when um mm-hmm. when the Earth was alive and you could have a broom stand straight up? Yeah, I thought that, I thought that was fake news. Was that true? No, it was, it was real. No, you could actually. I actually did it. Well, I didn't do it. My my friend did it. He took a picture of it. And so mm-hmm. like, I don't know if you could count that as a myth, but uh, it was like something that aligned. It was just like an alignment of the planets or something. Oh, I tried that. The it was it was due to some. Alignment between some sort of like yeah. align some sort of weird alignment of the planets yeah. caused like a magnetic exactly where your broom mm-hmm. your broom would stand up if you uh you put it and it would stay standing and I tried that and I couldn't get it to work. I wonder if he still has the picture. Modern day. I mean, I, one modern day myth is still out there is like, but apparently, he, apparently it was actually. It was an actual, like, verifiable thing, like some scientific thing. Yeah. El chupacabra, el chupacabra, <laughs> chupacabra. Uh, I think That's one. There's one one thing that still blows my mind is that like the human brain can't create a face, right? Can't create a face, and so the faces that you see at night or in your dreams are people. That you've seen in the real world, allegedly, mm-hmm. supposedly. Yep. But like, it's still yeah. It's crazy because like, what what if what if that's like that's like that you know that's how that's how we, that's how you would you would expect to explain it, right? Like, oh, obviously you've seen like, even these people before. One time, your brain can store it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I feel like what like what if what if what if that's not what it is, right? What if like the people that you're seeing, yeah, the human right, you're connected. So it recycles what it seems. Yeah. But going back to what you said about memory, right? Like we don't remember our dreams, and like it just makes you think, like, well, what else? What else? What else can we can we not remember? Here you go. Oh, we get the real uh, eternal sunshine of the mind territory here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're like questioning the human perception. Exactly. Right. Because, like, you know, biology is flawed. Perception is flawed. <laughs> I mean, mythology is sort of related to philosophy on a on a deep level anyway. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It is. I was try- I'm trying to think, like... Get up- as we go along, just to keep shit rolling. Mm-hmm. If we really truly thought about all the shit that we cannot control and cannot. Uh, 
and that we we generally have no effect on. Mm-hmm. You lose your mind quickly. <laughs> it's it's wild though. Like, and when you try, like, my problem with trying to like think of modern day myths is like I'm trying yeah, to it, think of like, if you truly think about all the shit that you cannot control and how minuscule you are in the grand scheme of things. Mm-hmm. It's very bleak. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's extremely bleak. That's why conspiracy theorists exist. Because mm-hmm. they want to feel like they know shit that other people don't acknowledge. To feel mm-hmm. less small and less... Like like they actually have more control than they really do. Mm-hmm. That's it. I will not... I will not... I will be keeping a whole hundred. I've, <laughs> I've been in moments and situations where I've had to confront how minuscule I am in the grand scheme of things. It is not fun. It is scary. It is not fun. It is not an experience you want to have. You do not want to read. <laughs> do I really matter? That, that is not the thoughts you want to have at 3 in the morning. Uh, you know, facts, facts. Yeah, it's <laughs> always when it goes up. I'm not saying it in a joking tone, but like real, real talk, that is not a fun, that is not a fun experience. Mm-hmm. You do not want to question your sense of self. Do I even really exist? That is not a good place to be. <laughs> so, when um one modern day myth I I can talk to is the. Baron, the Berenstein Bears myth, or this this conspiracy? Have you heard okay, of this? Okay, so why? 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 Hello. Oh, the Mandela effect. Is that the, the Mandela effect? Is that it? Is that would that be would that be considered Basically, a uh, I mean, um, myth? Or quick, you want to explain? Yeah. So. Everybody in our generation thinks the Bernstein Bears is spelled a certain way. The Mandela, the Mandela effect. Right, uh, yeah. To explain it very yes, quickly. It's definitely the Mandela yeah. Go ahead. With the E or the A. Mm-hmm. And people are like, basically, to sum it up, the Mandela effect is that. Uh, the concept is there are parallel worlds that occasionally they'll bump into the, the parallel world, the parallel realities will bump into each other and, and I guess merge. Mm-hmm. But like certain people who are from one parallel world will come over with their memories from their original reality. Mm-hmm. And then slight differences. So like, for instance, in their world, Berenstein was spelled with an E mm-hmm. rather than an A, which is how it's spelled in that mm-hmm. world. Mm-hmm. Or like, most people remember it being spelled with an E, mm-hmm. but it's really an A, where it's like the immigrants from the other reality or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's like the concept. Mm-hmm. That's really uh, mm-hmm. explain the fact that humans have really shitty memories, mm-hmm. but we don't like it that yep. we're wrong. I must be an immigrant from another reality. Nah, nigga, you just. Of course. <laughs> you haven't seen that. It was about five years old, twenty-five mm-hmm. years ago. Mm-hmm. Like shit happens. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I don't expect yep. you to remember a book series you saw, you read when you were, you read when you were still pooping your diapers, like mm-hmm. twenty years ago. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. But like I said, people don't like to admit, oh, I was wrong. So they're like, oh, nah, this is different. This is, I definitely remember. It was definitely this. Mm-hmm. I, Mm-hmm. <laughs> like we said, it's a lot, yeah, it's a lot of Mandela. Things. It is not, not the most reliable, mm-hmm. and also human egos will definitely say, <laughs> "Nah, I'm right, you are wrong. This is how it was." I mean, that's how entire religions get created, though. Any other, any other ones? Um, I was asking. So, the, I was asking. So, does the Mandela actually count as a myth? As a myth? I was going to say, like, um, in terms of like the storytelling, like comic books, are, I would say it are some part of that. Like the book series. Yeah, book theories. Most definitely. I mean, it depends on what we're it depends on what we're talking about. In terms of like, if you're talking about myths in terms of like how using something to explain something that's unexplainable. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I guess so. yeah, it was missing. myths are like our 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 fiction, like our books, our our comic books, uh, our web series, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, web series, actually. <laughs> like I, I want to. I mean, if you want to go into in depth about how I feel about uh, this kind of stuff, I did. Like I said, I have an entire episode. Uh, you guys can check it out. Hopefully, you guys check it out. I feel like there's a lot of good stuff in there, but. Not that many people listen to it. Okay. Anyway, uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of different avenues you could go with that. Mm-hmm. That and I sort of covered that uh, later earlier. Mm-hmm. You guys have anything else you want to uh, add to this? Nah, I'm gonna have to check out that podcast on that mm-hmm. one. Nope, something like that. All right, uh, moving on then. Uh, the episode is called uh, NKMOTB. It's a reference to New Kids on the Block, but I just replaced the N with the M. New Miss on the Block. Mm. Clever, I know, right? Ha <laughs> 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 uh, But moving on to the next question, then. What are, what are your favorite adaptations or reimagining of older myths? Like, like, for example, the the recent Mulan movie is a, wow. is, is a whoa, whoa, whoa. ancient. We got time out on that one. Like, <laughs> That's what we got. Uh, reimagining or adaptation of an older myth. Um, my my favorite and my best and like just most literal example would have to be um the Percy Jackson what? series. Like when we're talking about, uh, yeah, I said well, no, we're not going to talk about the Mulan stuff, but um. Because that movie is, um, that's a reimagining, all for sure. But, um, nah, Percy Jackson series, he, t- um, Rick Riordan, he goes into great length and detail on pretty much almost every mythology. So, like, hmm? Yeah, I Hello? Hello? Hmm. Like, uh, I mean, I guess it's a sort of a meta series at this point because like connected, but like he covers a whole bunch of different gods. Like Rick Riordan. Hello? Can you hear me? Yeah, okay, you hear me now? Yeah. I I don't know if you can hear me. I can hear you can just you right now. Yeah, there's just a delay. 
Hello? Yeah. It's a delay. But see, it's weird, right? Like, you can hear me straight out, right? But between, like, <laughs> John you know. cannot hear me. There's a delay between me and him. No, I can hear you. But I'm saying, like, uh, yeah, it, it must be happening again. Yeah. That probably make the most sense, yeah. Yeah, that's, I don't know. Anchor is weird. <laughs> uh, but I was saying, like, Rick Jordan, he does a very good job of sort of modernizing and and making myths that could be, I guess, somewhat complex, really palatable for children. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, he'll, he'll break a myth down to its base elements, but he'll, he'll retain the gist of what makes a myth a myth, mm-hmm. but he'll, exactly. he'll use it in such a way that it's both modern and also relatable to like kids nowadays. Because mm-hmm. like, if you tell a kid like the actual myth from like two thousand years ago, it's kind of hard to relate to them to them because they're not out there about, in the fields with like sheep and shit. <laughs> talking about ancient Egypt. Talk, like, oh, like... it's a, it's a instead of a, a fleece, it's a a letterman jacket. A kid can understand what mm-hmm. a letterman jacket is. They see no letterman jacket. Yeah, you said you said Mulan. One of, my, one of the best mythologies. ones that I like is Prince of Egypt. Like he did the Egyptian guys. He did it with uh, both the Greek and the Roman guys. The uh, excuse me, the the Norse mythology. Mm-hmm. You talking about you talking yeah, about the movie, Prince right? Prince of Egypt, the movie. Prince of Egypt is a good. One. Yeah, no, that movie is insane. Yeah, okay, I, yeah, like, that movie is ins- insanely like good. The DreamWorks. The nineteen what I forget what year nineteen ninety four I believe mm-hmm. DreamWorks Prince of Egypt like the yeah. the Moses the Moses story is one of my favorite yeah. stories ever that movie yeah yeah that movie that movie mm-hmm. <laughs> or I guess El Dorado is another good one well pretty Eldorado, much like mm-hmm. El Dorado would yeah that's the retail <laughs> number yo man Pixar and Disney <laughs> bags, man. I mean like. <laughs> It depends. Like, uh, you would probably say like the almost the entire, the entire, almost the entire uh, Disney, uh, sort of Uber, Uber is doing like ancient fairy tales and myths and like reimagining them, like, like yeah. Mulan, mm-hmm. Aladdin's is sort of an original story, but it's based on elements of like Arabic mm-hmm. uh, mythology, like winds and all that mm-hmm. other stuff. Um, pretty, that's pretty much what Disney does. They take they take the older stuff and they turn it into a product and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Racial capital. And also they take out the, the worst bit. So like, the Little Mermaid is a fucking it's not a good actual mermaid. And the mermaid turns into bubbles. Turns into bubbles and never finds love. She literally disappears from the earth. It ain't a child story. <laughs> the actual <laughs> stories that these, the actual stories that these uh, Disney movies are based on are usually very fucking dark. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but mm-hmm. like, like uh, the original Bambi, the original Bambi, uh, I think Bambi ended ended up dying. It's it's mm-hmm. a it's a thing. Uh, I would definitely agree with Percy Jackson as one of my favorite reimaginings myself. Um, like I said, Disney Disney really is good with that kind of stuff. They sort of make that their mm-hmm. taking old stuff and turning it into a, a new palatable pro- 
excuse me, uh, new palatable. What's the word? Palatable. Palatable. Yeah, you had it. Right. I think it. Uh, that's the word I'm looking for. Hello, Doug. Hey, uh, <laughs> can you hear? Oh, we got Doug here. Oh, hey. Doug. What's up, man? Yeah, product. A palatable product to sell mm-hmm. now. Oh, we were talking about it earlier. American Gods. That's a good. That's apparently a good reimagining. Mm-hmm. Hello. Uh, well, you you came kind of late, but like I uh, I'll I'll say the question for you so you can at least answer this one. Um, what is your favorite uh, adaptation or reimagining of older myths? For example, Disney does. Fairy tales, or uh, the Percy Jackson series, we were mentioning that, or uh, the American Gods series on uh, Showtime, I believe. Huh. Like, what is your favorite reimagining of older myths um, for like a modern audience? I want to say one that everybody probably knows is God of War. That's good. Mm-hmm. I didn't even think about video games. Yep. God of War is definitely the best retelling of mythology all over. And then this new God of War. Mm-hmm. Hello. Video games have a lot of them. Like uh, this is this is sort of a I'm, this is sort of an underrated one, but like the the game Sphinx. Sphinx. I I haven't, I haven't played Sphinx at all, but yeah. Draw to the OG PlayStation player. Yeah, I can hear you. Or we can. I can hear you at least. I like the um, adaptation of the. Was it the Golden Golden Monkey? Monkey's Journey to the West. Journey to the uh, West. I was a dumb kid and listen. I was a dumb kid and it literally took me like, like I kid you not. I got the game since like 2003 and I didn't end up. Oh. Journey to the West. Uh, that's a great one. Mm-hmm. There's so many different adaptations of Journey to the West. Like Dragon Ball is sort of the adaptation of Journey to the West. Dragon to, yeah, Dragon Ball is definitely a yeah. adaptations of that that uh, story. Mm-hmm. Apparently, the God of High School is also a adaptation of Journey to oh, the West. Oh, uh, I guess this, um, if we're going to talk about video games. We're gonna talk about video games. Okami mm-hmm. is a is a great one. It's it's not really an adaptation of, uh, yeah. That's also very much uh, based off the journey of to the west. Mm-hmm. Like that 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 is one of those stories. Like it is just extremely influential. Um, what's another one? I'm trying to think of. A good adaptation from somewhere else. Good um, Would you count Kingdom Hearts? It has. Um... Oh, Sinbad. I mean, this movie didn't do well, uh, yeah, but, but Sinbad uh, from DreamWorks. <laughs> I like Sinbad. I, I enjoy Sinbad. I don't think I've seen Sinbad. I mean, sort of. It's sort of. 
Sort of, because it has, like... <laughs> it has, like, the Greek gods. It got all the Disney I mean, it, characters. Check it out. It's, off of it's enjoyable. But it, mm-hmm. it did not do well at all. <laughs> to be fair to people that dislike it, that movie's all over the place. Okay, um, in your opinion, why do you think the human race has and will continue to create myths? Um, I think we sort of touched on this before, but like, why do you think? Mm-hmm. Um, um, yeah, yeah, kind of like what we were talking about earlier, but um, to kind of just extend off of that, um, as long as there's unexplained things in the world. Which, which there always will be unexplainable things in the world. We want to keep trying to create, um, create. I don't want to say headcanon, but I can't think of another word for it. For unexplainable, there's always going to be another story for what's happening. Um, I think as long as we have community and culture that will create myths to, you know, bond us and keep us together, and it's a way of also like you know being. I mean, man, it's, it's basically it's just, I mean, it's basically headcanon that just a whole bunch of people said, yeah. We're going to go with that. I mean, we still have, we still have stuff like the Mothman uh, that popped up as recently as like the 1960s. And mm-hmm. UFOs and aliens and like it will continue to adapt. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Area fifty one is, is pretty much its own myth. That's true. Mm-hmm. I think it's like like similar to what uh, Valentin was saying. Like it's at this point, it's just sort of ingrained in the human nature to like to want to explain the unexplainable and also to tell things that to tell stories that we can use to gather together as a community and entertain ourselves. Mm-hmm. Like it used, there used to be a position which of the storyteller who would like travel around village to village and mm-hmm. pass down these myths like Homer. Uh, mm-hmm. Homer didn't actually write down his stories. It just was an or, oral tradition. Mm-hmm. I ran down. And I, I think- And like you see that all over the world, like the oral stories like they would train specific people to tell the story, and they would travel around places and tell the story. And like, sort of yeah. our our modern day equivalent of those are authors mm-hmm. and com- comic book artists mm-hmm. and like screenwriters. And I think, um, I think you are Jaira as well, right? Like things like this, like this podcast itself, is a way of us, you know, sharing our stories and sharing our headcanon between each other, and that, you know, it it's good for who we are as a people, right? As black people and as black diaspora, because I mean, it's part of who we are and part of where we came from and practicing it kind of, you know, keeps us in connection with who we are as a people and also with the land and our past ancestors. Like it's, it's important. Mm-hmm. Mm. 
definitely, it's definitely out. <laughs> it's a way of it's connecting just to like, our, it's a way of connecting to our ancestral, mm-hmm. our ancestral, or our ancestral culture that we're sort of disconnected mm-hmm. from. Um, like a lot of, like there's a concept of Pan-Africanism where a lot of uh, people in the diaspora, we sort of like, we reach out when we try to get, regain that connection that was severed mm-hmm. for us. Mm-hmm. To our, our homeland, our, our people. Mm-hmm. Uh, what? Uh, what? What about you, Chris? Do you you have anything you would like to to add to that or touch upon? Um, no. I, I mean, I just I just did. I just talked about that. Yeah. I like to um, add on one more thing before we move on, though. Um, you kind of touched on it earlier, Jair, but um, on the topic of like storytelling for myths, uh, some um, of the more popular mythologies, like Greek, Greek and Egyptian. I think he just caught on to what I was saying. Let's see. Is he there? Man, this is this is um, I think he's listen, I think he's listening to what I was saying, and it's like a, it's a delay. It's so I was trying to. It's hard to, to guess, go, yeah. but okay. I'm gonna just go. Yeah, I'm just I'm just gonna go. So, like I was saying, though, yeah, comic books and storytelling in general is a great way to like keep um, the mythological and imagination going mm-hmm. and growing because um, it's just a great it's a great spot for like young children to be able to start their imagination. They get to see uh, what, what all these powers are. Yeah, I hear you. Um, it is, it's a great place for it to, um, and that's why that's another way that it's going to keep going because we are being storytellers mm-hmm. and it just kind of draws off of that. Mm-hmm. Sorry, continue. I mean, so how do you how do you think we practice, you know, mythology and these these tales and daily? It sort of uh, gives the kids a place to start with their sense of creativity. Mm-hmm. Like having them telling them about these great <laughs> beings. It's just sort of comfort, comforting having like these stories that you can tell. Mm-hmm. Um, like even if you don't believe in the story, it's still like cool having the story to tell. Mm-hmm. Like people will exaggerate anything just so they they have something to talk about. <clears throat> Man, um. What was the question that you asked? How, how do you, how do you think we um, practice we... these, like, you know, myth, myth building and storytelling daily in our lives? Um, I think one of the best ways to go about it would be like just like looking at the other myths that we see and then looking around mm-hmm. in our society, like just. Like living your life helps you um, <clears throat> helps you sort of 
observe and kind of try and want to explain the world in your own way and your own way. You see, the, you everyone sees the world differently. That's so there's there's different myths just built off of how you're mm-hmm. seeing the world. And that's the way to, that we can kind of do it daily. Yeah, I think. Um... One thing I was thinking about earlier is the like joke, joke telling, right? Like roasting each other. Hello? Yeah, I can hear you. <laughs> okay. <sighs> well, whatever. This gives it's me always... chances to put in ads. Yeah, <laughs> now I have places where I can insert advertising. <laughs> <laughs> I have natural breaks. <laughs> natural breaks. <laughs> I wanted to say that one way that we can practice storytelling and dream, or yeah, storytelling and joke, or excuse me, one way we can practice storytelling and these myths and is through joke telling, right? Through roasting each other. And so I think um, in roasting and joke making, we kind of we build these stories and build these, you know, myths as we go along and it's like a way of practicing so like, jokes or like battle rapping battle rapping yeah it's a way of telling this and i think like that's that. one thing i didn't think about entirely right rap itself in poetry is a way of is modern day myth building right modern yep. day rap of poetry right on the fairy tales folk telling like they saw the rap rap Build themselves up into these sort of modern day mythical figures. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> they're like they're sort of like if you've ever read Beowulf, if you ever read Beowulf and like actually like read a translated into modern English version, mm-hmm. like that's sort of what the, the 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 warriors did. Like you would walk in, you would talk about your exploits, like hair, mm-hmm. hair, iron, Harvard, or blah blah blah, blah son of son of Magnus, pillar mm-hmm. uh, of Teller of many men, I have fought in such and such marshes and such and such times. Mm-hmm. Here, who dare tells you that's sort of like the, the uh, that ancestry of that's, and, how, that's directly how we do it, but like it's a similar concept of how rappers do. Like they both about, yeah, I'm up in these streets, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. Mm-hmm. I take your girl, I take, I'm very profitable. <laughs> One example that comes to mind directly is um, the Slick Rick children's story. So it's a, a rap song, right? It's like, once upon a time, not long ago, when people were dominant and lived life all worse than injustice did, right? And people were behaving like they thought, oh, yeah, good. And so then, so that was like early 80s. And then in 1998, Most Def and Slip Kweli put out children's story. And they go, once upon a time, not long ago, when people wore Adidas and lived life slow. And so it's like this, this, this consistent, it's another, it's a retelling, right? It's a retelling of the exactly. same, of the same tale, right? But it's just moved up a generation. But like that time. Yes, exactly. And then I, I'm pretty sure that there's a new one. Like that, the, the, the human nature. Yeah. You add uh, uh, the sampling. Mm-hmm. Sampling, sampling exactly. and rap. Like how myths are retold and reimagined. Yep. Yeah, because exactly. that's how you discover new beats. And you discover those beats. You discover those songs. They heard from their youth. Mm-hmm. Or you, you'll take a you take a line or two, or a flow, mm-hmm. or a, maybe even a, a few bars mm-hmm. from like 
someone that you respected when you were growing up. That was the that person was cool growing up, so you shout them out. Like if I if I'm a rapper, I might cut, shout out a couple of Biggie bars or Tupac bars or or Drake bars or like a Two Chains bar. You know what I mean? Like because like those are the people I listened to when I was growing up. Like you sort of like you build on the shoulders of those before you. Myth are made, and yeah. So like I think one thing that went that you put out. Generation, generation has their own case. And one thing that yeah, as you brought up, was interesting was the connection between Pan Africanism and these folks and folk tales. And so I was thinking of you know pour, pouring out alcohol as a way of like pouring libations for our ancestors is very it was a connection between the two. Oh. I never, I never really thought about that, but like, yeah, like pouring out alcohol. I don't think people directly thought about it, but it's sort of a, a holdover from African tri- tribal traditions and ancestor worship and a mm-hmm. uh, way of paying respect to the gods. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yep. It's like, like you said, like the co- the culture is still there. Mm-hmm. Just every generation and every iteration has their own. On mm-hmm. it. Exactly. And like there are differences between regions because like every region has their own like, different uh, things that are affect that affects the how they perceive the world. Mm-hmm. Like just how there are different brand, different regional versions of rap. There are different regional versions of mythology. Like every mythology in the world, or at least ancient one, has a myth uh, has a flood. I myth. thought you were gonna say this. Like everyone, it's kind of weird, but everyone has some version of a flood myth. I thought you were gonna say there there are different regions, there are different ways to play spades and different yeah, you thought I was different ways to play spades. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is there is. It's oh, true. That, that's true. Like there's different ways to play Uno and Crazy Age, and you have to ask. Oh, what, yeah, what, that what, what that, especially in black culture, you gotta ask what rules we play. Uno is a bit. Uno, because shit can get wild culture. and people get mad. Like they get mad. You can't do that. <laughs> nah, that's how I do. It. Hey, nah, Uno. wait, nigga, you, uh, hey, nigga, that's how we do it up north. Yeah. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah, no, Uno is actually a myth. Every, every family has their own Uno rules, <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta, know, you gotta know what you're getting into. If you finna play Uno with some black people, Uno, man. That ass, cause shit will get litty. <laughs> it will get live if you play Uno, <laughs> and you better not fuck around. Mm-hmm. Especially if you put some money on it. Oh, you put money <laughs> on it. Why not? Why not? Why not put money on it? They're they trying to, they trying to run friendships. They're trying to run friendships. I'm not trying to play all that. If you play, if you play in a Caribbean household, you better come correct. You put money on it? Shit. If you fuck up Domino's table, people are going to get mad. <laughs> Domino. Another thing, another thing I thought about is but, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, burning sages, Native American. Never mind, burning sages. But I thought about yeah, like incense burning in African American community. Like, where, where, where is that from? 
That, that actually uh, brings up a good point of the interplay between different mythologies and how there's cultural people take things from other places and other mythologies and, and insert it into their own. Mm-hmm. Like how the Greeks pretty much took all, excuse me, like how the Romans pretty much took all the Greek gods mm-hmm. and just brought yep. the new names on them. These are ours now. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Christianity pulls from all of them. So many, like, yeah. Especially for if you're a conquering race, a lot of times the conquerors, the conquerors will insert certain local gods into their own pantheon. What's the saying? Yeah, oh, we like this one. I'm just he he who wins writes the history or something like that. Yep. Um, the winners write the, the winners write the history books. Yeah, winners write the history books. Yeah. Or history is written by the winners. It's something. Dang, like, history, history is written by the winners. History, right. that, that sounds better. History is written by the winners. Sounds better. Yeah. History, history is written by the winners. Mm-hmm. That's definitely how it goes. History is written by the winners. But like, it's like when there's cultural. Sometimes you'll you'll take a little bits and pieces from mm-hmm. them. They'll take a little bits and pieces from you, and then you sort of that's how we and move. Like, just just now. To say- Saying that I'm now, that's the people you took from. Now, that's where we're getting into stuff like cultural appropriation. Yep. Mm-hmm. And like saying that now really changes the way that I think about like, things that are serious. American history. Serious for- Sorry. Okay. Hello? I'm still here. Is Jada? Um, hello. Either. I'm still here. I, I wasn't sure if there was like a. Hello. Yeah. Yeah. So I was thinking of like um, he who writes the his he who wins writes history. Can you hear me? Yeah. I think is there a delay? Might be another delay. Two Mississippi three, four, five. Yep, there's a yep. delay. <laughs> um, so I have to I have to run, Jara. No, it's nice to meet you. I'm sorry that I got to leave so early. Um, no, you're good. Okay. All right. Uh, hello. Uh, thank you, Chris. Jair? Wait, Valdez, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Or is there a delay? Hello? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. I can hear you. But, no, there's no delay on my end. Like, I'm just delaying for you guys for whatever reason. Oh, okay. It sounds like it's a delay for me, though, when I respond. Black- um, well, some of the more popular, yeah, it's definitely a delay. Uh, in time, but like, it's a there's a delay from me going to you. I think the delay is me responding. And then... Let me just ask the question. Um, while some of the more popular mythologies like Greek and Egyptian are cool, I'd like if you could, uh, uh, those are some of the lesser known myths or mythologies that you know? 
lesser gnomes, less than less like. Um, like, did you hear yeah, me? I heard you. Um, I'm thinking like nature myths, maybe. Uh, I don't want to go into like, like that's where I know most of my like smaller myths from is like where they got associated in though. But like nature mythologies. It's pretty um, low key, like not like the big oceans and the skies and stuff like that, but like just like the wild. Just in general, but I don't know any like stories from their mythology or anything. Okay, that's, I guess that's fair enough. It, it seems like we, we just need to put more emphasis on like some of the what, what, what the lesser known mythologies, like the Native American mythologies, um, some of the South American mythologies, Southeast African mythologies deserve more shine. Uh, uh, Middle Eastern mythologies need more shine. Oh, okay, I get what you mean. Um, uh, um, I wouldn't. It's there's this um there's this company they're called um Black Sands Entertainment they are doing a lot of um Egyptian storytelling and um and they do it a lot of uh storytelling about the old e uh, African gods and stuff like that um mm. and so they they yeah, Black Sands is dope mm-hmm. I've been um, watching their YouTube's I've been watching their uh, videos on YouTube and stuff. <clears throat> And so, I think that it's gonna it's gonna be getting a bigger boom soon. And um, yeah, definitely go check them out and support them. Black Sands is doing a, a great job of. They definitely deserve your your support. Uh, they're trying to sort of give more shine to things that uh, Western media doesn't really cover as much. Exactly. Yeah, that's probably the best example I got for it, for smaller mythology. Well, um, is there anything you want to touch on before we uh, end, then? Um, we talked about how mythology is more of a... Um, a um, kind of a lesson-based thing where you're trying to teach kids and um, teach people the proper way to live in a society. And um, I think that's a real big, important part of mythology because while it does talk about things that can't be explained, um, it's a better, it's, it's, it's practical use um, is like, that's where most religions come from is um, explaining the afterlife and explaining how you're supposed to live in society. Um, the quote-unquote good, being quote-unquote good. And so um, <clears throat> the practical use of mythology is what I like to look into a lot. And um, Greek mythology, uh, I think, um, well, as far as my research is done, because I'm, I'm not going to say I've looked into every um, mythology, but Greek mythology does a pretty good job at explaining that this is how you're supposed to live but as humans and even as gods, we sort of fall short of always trying to get to that um, perfect citizen or perfect human, how we're supposed to live. 
And I think that's a really great way to tell the stories from mythology, mythological Ideal. Yeah, ideal. Like, no one's perfect. Even the gods are flawed. And that's what that's kind of what I, um, that's kind of what I wanted to touch on. Lastly, hi. Um, thank you very much for joining me. Uh, is there uh, anything you want to shout out before we go? Um, it's always great to be here. This one has actually been an um, interesting one, <clears throat> interesting one um, with all the like delay stuff. But it's always fun to be on here. Emerald Expressions is a great podcast. I love being on here. Love having the conversations with everybody, meeting the new people. Um, coming soon. Uh, you're first to hear about it. Dark Soda. I'm about to get the copyright on the name, so um, just be on the lookout. I'm still gonna be looking for an artist, but I think I'm ready to kind of like take the next step into um, the story for me. Oh, and so um, is it like some like uh, artistic venture? Yeah, it's an artistic adventure. It's a, it's going to be a whole story. Um, I want it to be like a comic book manga thing. Um, I'm looking for an artist. It's kind of hard to do it in these times because um, I'm kind of really particular about stuff, and so that's why I've been waiting so long to even like talk on it. Um, and so I kind of want to meet the artist before I just like be like, yeah, this is who I want. But it's um, it's been difficult with COVID because like I was planning on going to. Uh, I I have a few friends. Could I? Uh, I have a few friends that can recommend if you need something. Yeah, I would definitely. Um, I definitely take recommendations for sure, and I'm. Uh, I've been looking at a couple too. It's just that uh, after after I'm done recording this, I'll, I'll send you a few names that you can check out. All right, that's a bet. Thanks, man. And um, yeah, it's definitely um, it's definitely a story mm -hmm. I've been working on for a second, and I've been um hesitant to take the next step because it's, it keeps feeling like I'm missing something, but I think I got what I was missing. And so now I'm ready to take the next step. Uh, uh, definitely. We love to see the fucking uh, progression. Mm -hmm. I'm glad to see you're in a position where you're finally able to uh, uh, start to make moves and plan ahead and stuff like that. Like I have a few things I have uh, hooked up that are, I, I did some stuff recently uh, that are, are in the motion. So it's cool. I got, there's, there's some stuff going on behind the scenes. I'm not sure when I'll feel like comfortable actually like talking about what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. I've make, been making a few moves to say that. Most definitely. Um, Cause, uh... I guess to sort of end off, uh, with my ending thing. Uh, if you have any suggestions for the podcast, hit me up on, at my email at at gmail.com. Uh, my, my Twitter is jlash20. My IG and my Snapchat are jirelashley, no space. And thank you guys for listening, as always. Um, I appreciate you guys. I appreciate my guests for joining me.
and it's been a, another fun session. See you next time.